Gotcha. So now she's with her best friend, Carl, in San Francisco, like pouring out her woes. And she needs the 20 grand. And Bobcat suggests she goes on $20,000 pyramid. It's so obvious. <laughs> he always plays the Jet Xer in these movies, right? He's always got the ironic uh, Hawaiian T-shirt on it. And he's always referencing TV. And uh, Police Academy, he's like watching Leave the Beaver and Crying. Right. Uh, remember, he was watching a Family Affair when uh, Family Affair. When that guy. That's what in. it was. Yeah, he went in undercover. That was pretty. Yeah, cool. right. That was Citizens on Patrol. Yeah, I love that. Well, because that was an aesthetic, like to be an ironic white guy in the eighties. You had to wear like an ironic T-shirt, and you have to like Bobcat for sure. I mean, he, his humor was the epiphany of it. So they're talking about how they hate Bruce Willis. <laughs> Fuck Bruce Willis. Sam Glad he's not in this movie. Sam Kinison hated Bobcat and accused him of stealing from him. Wasn't it Andrew Dice Clay that they butted heads? They butted heads with? Well, that was, I think, on Howard Stern's show. Yeah. It was sort of fabulous. Yeah, come on. I mean, Sam Kinison and Bobcat. Bobcat's a really strange bird. I don't think anyone's like him. Right. I think there was some screaming. That's And, you know, that's what Sam Kinison was all about. So that's why he was accusing him. I don't know. He was a very Uh, troubled man, Sam Kinison. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He had a lot of demons. Oh, there we go. Channel 2 News, Barbara Simpson. Yeah, what we're finding oh, out yeah. now is that Susan Sarandon That's has real. been, a, has been uh, not arrested, but taken in on suspicion of the murder of her husband. What is that across the street, Mike? What is that across well, the street? Well, that's not Is that... That's the street. It's like the probably Red Victorian. Looks like the Red Victorian. I know it's, it's by a school. Yeah. Red Victorian. Oh, you think it's a Red Vic? That's way further down. Yeah. Look at the Keith Haring t-shirt. Look across, look across the street. When you when you see it out the window, it looks like all red. I think it's a head shop now. Like I, I don't think it's the Red Vic at all. I, I think it's on the, a couple of blocks further uh, down. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah, because there was a, a record store like, that I was like I like watching the scenes, the San Francisco scenes in this movie and picking it out. I can pick out. Well, this is a perfect movie for us. Right. There's a a lot of scenes where, especially the car, when she gets, she's on a motorcycle, she drives all around the city. Be prepared, Carl. I have notes about the, the chase scenes. Okay. Can you believe they go down the street? And then they're on Fifth Street. Give me a break. Doesn't make sense. Okay, now doesn't make sense. Funny scene in which he gets mad at the door. Uh, why? Because it's a jar. Yeah, look at that. Damn screen door. Now here's some serious Susan Sarandon acting. <laughs> she won her first Oscar. Talented. Her best supporting goes to Susan Sarandon, Barglar.
Now he really is the, going for the lawyer. His name is Carson. Carlson? What's the up with this movie? Like Johnny Carson. Carson. Oh, I was just saying there's Carl and there's Carl. Oh, Carson. Okay. I thought this guy likes a lot of Carls. Now, this is funny because it's like, how long can they keep me? And he's like, 72 hours. And she goes, how many days is that? And he's like, it's, uh, 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 he starts doing the math on the figures. That sounds like a really bad lawyer. Wow. This is how she meets Tim Robbins in prison. <laughs> Jeez. When's Whoopi coming back? The Shawshank. The Shawshank. It's been like two minutes without Whoopi. I'm, I'm going to go to the theater manager and demand my money back. You promised that a movie with 80% Whoopi, she's not in this scene. It makes it down to 75%. I would like a refund. Actually, Leslie Ann Warren makes this makes Whoopi and Bobcat's acting look awesome. He's upstaging Bobcat Goldways in acting. Now oh, we find out that she um, opened her mouth to the cops and she explained that she, there was a black woman in her dental office and she let it slip that, you know, her ex-husband has all this jewelry laying around. And so then they find out, well, there was evidence of a burglary. So they're going to try to pin it on Whoopi now. Do you think she's the killer, Susan Ann Warren? Um, I can't tell you because it'll ruin it for you, but she does die in the end. (laughs) Oh, all right. As long as you don't ruin it for me. John Goodman. So here's John Goodman. Right. You can tell right. what year it is by how fat he is. I'm telling you, this is when he was the coach in Revenge of the Nerds. He just looks this way back then. That was the thinnest he right. ever was. He's bigger than that in this film. Oh, wow. So check out the neighborhood. Right. Well, so that place is that, that's, the way, that's almost Daly City Mission Boulevard. Yeah, maybe they're in the Excelsior. Or Castle right, District. Excelsior. Now look at that. Look how far they are. Yeah, they're down they by are. the pan uh Petrero Hill. Does Dog not pass? make sense. Non Petrero. Oh yeah. Look, yeah, it's a city block without a fucking building in it. What's going on? Build a fucking condo in that space. Yeah, you wouldn't find that in twenty twenty, would you? No way. Well, you know, there was a... They're checking out where Whoopi, like her residence, her place of business, and they're coming up empty. So they're going to call her if she had a record. Oh, by the way, I want to say something. So that was Dennis Richmond, Channel 2 News. On the news, they're actually talking about a string of burglaries happening in, like, on the peninsula, which is where I am. And they say San Carlos is on the screen, and then you can hear him actually say Redwood City, and that's the city I live in. Talked about San Mateo. 
Wow, that's so cool. Which you love. Yeah, and, she, and she actually talks about San Mateo. You call it Redwood Shitty, I remember. Oh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, well, everyone's a long night people. Uh, Stand-up, dead, dead right? Wood, Deadwood Shitty. Yeah, dead Deadwood Deadwood Shitty. Dead you got it. <laughs> that is the joke. Carl, Carl is a stalker. <laughs> She lives in the neighborhood where you can see the skyline from your house, like up in Pacero Hill like that. It's so nice. What is that? Where's that? Okay, now, the lawyer was just on the phone saying we should meet. And she's like, I'll call you back because she sees the cops coming. Right. But she's no fool, Whoopi Goldberg. She's got it all planned out if the cops ever come. Got her New York Police Department uh, deadbolts already. Look at these little, those are San Francisco staircases, and the door probably has an automatic crane up in the apartment to, to open it up. Now she's getting herself a snack because she figures she's going to have to hide out for a long time. Thanks of everything. Yeah, the Lunchable should be done by now. Or like wherever she's going, she's going to need food. Now, she hears them banging the door, police, but she's so casual. She knows what's up. Cat and mouse game. So he gave his weight throughout this movie? Yes. He ate Whoopi's snack. Well, I'm watch this. Caloric she tries to kick snack. in the door. And <laughs> she gets hurt. Yeah, the dead. <laughs> All the they neighbors actually, are watching. Oh, Goodman up with her really well. They make a good couple. Then when she falls down the stairs, ooh, city life, nightlife. There's Cobra. Like yeah, like now, but it's different neighborhoods all the time. I feel like. Right, I've noticed. Like this one, kind of looks like somewhere North near Beach. North Beach. Yeah, yeah. Kind of North Beach neighborhood with like the delis and the restaurants. Well, wait till Carl can't wait until we get to the car chase, the motorcycle chase, so we could point out all the inaccuracies. Correct. <laughs> that's going to be an exciting twenty minutes. Oh, how that can't be right there where he was, where she was, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, this movie breaks all the rules, but it's fun about it, though. I mean, like, you know, you can't really fault it. Oh, there's the house from Electric Dreams. Remember when it's right, computer window? Right. Now we have Bobcat, like, saying, what? what's going on up there? Like, mister, out of here. Mind your business. Sure, this is a cop's comedy club. Go to cop's comedy club. I pay taxes! Now, in my opinion, <laughs> this is extraordinary overkill. They can't open the door, so they uh, burn down the. Yeah. Yeah, because it's actually, you see, it was double reinforced steel doors. Oh, yeah, a lot of apartments have those. Wait a minute. Not at all. Well, she wanted a window there anyway. He's in the closet again. They freak out and start shooting. 
Yeah, if you look at the wall, they have like a parishion or parchment in the middle of it when they're going up the staircase. It's just kind of a style, you see. So now when the door shut, it set off this alarm and it's really annoying them. So they finally clip it. Phew. This is really Damn, overkill. Uh Right? I mean, she's not a, you know, serial killer. She's Jigsaw from the movie Saw and Saw 2 and Saw 3. They yeah, either shoot or... up the working into their eyeballs or cut their arm off. I saw 2. Saw, oh, you saw 2? Next door, it says Marcy Price, by the way. I don't know if that is. Huh. Good old Marcy Price. Oh, look, it's the San Francisco Gay uh, Men's Choir. <laughs> I think that's redundant, Mike. Of oh, the choir part? Yeah, well, no. Oh, she wasn't the closet again. Okay, she was oh, in the, her, the like, safe room. Her panic room. And now she does a George very funny joke. I just had the floors redone. Uh, oh, hey, it's the Academy of Science. So now they're going oh, to yeah, exactly. with the lawyer. Oh, literal, a literal shark outside a shark right. tank. That's my favorite TV show right there. Shark Tank. Now, he doesn't notice Whoopi until she smiles. Come on, Frisco people. Come on. I don't know I don't know which one of your impressions I like better, the Bobcat or the Whoopi. I think the Whoopi because like the it's a little bit more racist. Now she is our Star Trek connection, as you know, she was a regular on the next generation. Yeah, which you know at the time was kind of crazy because she was like an A list star and she was just chilling on a TV. Right. The thing is, though, when I watch Star Trek, I like to suspend disbelief. You know, they're out in space or whatever. And then I would see Whoopi Goldberg with the pizza on her head, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, we're in a sound studio in Los Angeles. You didn't think it was great that she, she played the bartender. She was in the movie Generations. I mean, she, she was a good anchor in that show. I mean, she, she it was a TV show. Like, you didn't watch any Star Trek and go, oh, they're in a fucking sound studio in Burbank. Right. The... I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. What's the unborn? Go back to go back to even go back to the original series and how uh, John Belushi on SNL parried it. Parried it. it. And it's like that. It like totally fake. Yeah, it was just fake. Now, lawyer Carson is like, "Did you kill this person? Did you kill the husband? Tell me. I want to know. You clearly did. You need to get out of town." Right. Well, uh, and there's a lot of movies where they, they meet in an aquarium and talk. Yeah. You know, it's a good location. And Big Little Lies was in Monterey Bay, and, and they had a lot of scenes at their precious little aquarium over there. Did you guys watch Pretty Little Lies? Speaking of uh, North, Northern California. I did not write... You mean Pretty Little Liars? 
Oh, no, no, Big Big Little Lies. That's the name of the show. The one on HBO. I guess no. No, I've not seen it. It's it's good. The first season is really good. I, I have a chance to see the second season right now, and I'm debating whether or not to uh, use my quarantine hours. My quarantine hours are very precious, Carl. I only have 14 hours a day to watch television, mm-hmm. and I have to be selective. Understood. Yeah, we're all we've all been there. Because so, at any moment, I could just turn off and watch Sound With You again. So right now, G.W. Bailey is on the phone with his agent saying, please make another Police Academy move me. Get, get me out of this move. <laughs> what do you mean I'm not a mannequin too on that move? I was the main character. I thought the main character in Mannequin was a little stiff. Yeah. Well, she she got her places down. Ah, go. Fifth Fifth and Avenue. Play. Fifth and play. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now, when Whoopi was in the apartment, she saw all these matches from bars. So what she's trying to do now is go to those bars and try to find somebody who knew the uh, the deceased because it's going to lead her to who's the real killer. And is that lazy writing or is he fine with that? This whole movie's lazy writing. So Bobcat's saying he read in the Wall Street <laughs> Journal that if you line your stomach with oil, you won't get drunk no matter how much you drink. That's true. I learned that from a kid in high school. And then we smoked some banana peels and got fucked up. Yeah, we got fucked up. Mellow. I was mellow. Mellow yellow. Also, if you take vitamin C before you drink, the vitamin C will absorb the alcohol, and then the vegetable oil will buffer it. Yep. And you you don't have to get – yeah. Now, Bobcat is going to try to pick up some girls, and when he does, we should listen. Listen, that guy's picking up on Bobcat. One Pure Royale. This looks like a fancy bar. Yeah. Good old Parker's on fifth. So One she's showing the, the picture of the victim. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's listen. Let's listen. All right. Now this guy is a some is a comedian or something. I didn't do my research. You know his face, right? Oh, yeah, Rick. Hey, right. He's got those doughy little eyes. Doughy eyes. You wonder what his comedy act was during the eighties. You ever step on a Rubik's cube going into the bathroom? No, oh, it's hurt. Wow, look at her hair. That looks like a scarf. <laughs> Those are the San Francisco coyotes that roam the streets right on our head. Hey, I know you, Whoopi Goldberg. You won an Emmy, a Tony, an Oscar, and a uh, got Grammy. You're right about that, Mike. That like, I'm personally not yeah. impressed with Whoopi, but I'm in the wrong. She won an Emmy, a Grammy, an Academy Award, and a Tony. Yeah. Well, the Tony Actually, was for, for her one woman. Awesome. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, Carl and I knew in New Jersey, uh, she had a show on Broadway in the 80s, and they would That's show right. the ad, like ad stuff yep. on television. It was always the same routine. Check out my blonde hair with her with a T-shirt on her hair. And uh, it was a bunch of characters. And I think this movie is great because right. gets, she gets to do characters in this movie. You know, and it kind of reminds right. me of, of her original show. So she must have won a Tony for that. I know that the Grammy must have been from recording. Oh, is that uh, Clarence Clemming? I don't think so, because he would be playing the sax. He'd be playing the sax. So I'm an idiot. Then now I'm being racist. How about me? I just see a black musician. I think it's Clarence Clemming. I'm not here. I don't know how racist that is, Mike. I'm going to give you oh, lessons. Place. Oh, yeah. All right. Thanks. Ah, uh, the old payday. Okay. Or, so oh, Mayday. They're I going from bar to bar and they're striking out. So now they're going to go into this bar and they're going to get lucky because the woman next to them goes, hey, guys, I'll talk to you as long as you're not a couple of dentists. And they go, huh? Oh, they found their woman. I can't tell you how many times people say that to me. And she is a great drunk. She really is. That's who's this again. They see it to me when they see the clown paintings on the wall. Yeah. Clown well, you got to keep them out of your bitch. Uh, what was... That's how he came... To, he had a show, uh, Bobcat, with the clown. Uh, Shakes the Clown, right? Yeah, yeah he wrote a movie he wrote, directed, and starred in Shakes the Clown. Can I can I brag for a second? They did a stage reading of Shakes the Clown screenplay at the San Francisco Comedy uh, Sketch Fest, and I got to be one of Who the... Who read it? Who read it? Who's Wait, I got to interrupt because this yeah. is one of Michael's favorites. This right yeah. here is is a monkey. Oh, all right. That I'll is wait. not... Pick that is monkey. not... Like, that's right, Michael Mike Nesmith. No way. That's Michael Nesmith? Yeah. From the 80s. Produced this movie? Really? He did a lot of, a lot of TV back there. So Michael Nesmith, uh, the old hunt. where to? And Bobcat's like, home! And he goes, where's home? And he goes, just drive around, I'll notice it. It's got like a mailbox. What Takes was the, the name of Bobcat Michael Nesmith's movie? Uh, head, head, H E A D. No, he did. Uh, oh, he produced Repo Man. He produced Tape Heads, and he had a sh Elephant Parts was a video he did, and then he had a show called Elephant Television Parts. Parts. Elephant Parts. Elephant Parts. Yeah. And and Tape Heads yeah. was great with uh, Tim Robbins and John Cusack. Yeah, I thought Susan Sarandon was terrific. One of my favorite movies, also. And Joe Biafra shows up at the end. He goes, uh, at least they're going to arrest you like they did Joe Biafra. Like, and you go, oh, that was Joe Biafra. Blow mine. John Huzak? Bye, huh? John Huzak. Uh, that's Zach. John Balzac. John Balzac? Okay, so yeah, now we're going to get a funny thing Jim about her being a cat burglar. We should listen. All right. Got no hair. Oh, it's Bob. a little early. Never mind. 
right now we're learning about who was the guy's friends and one of them uh was a bald bartender and we'll come back to that later and the other one was a guy he'd always go here's johnny wait a minute can i so i was i i'm trying to brag i was on the cast reading the the table read for shakes the clown uh about five years ago Sketch uh -huh. it was bob tom kenny uh uh uh, Florence Henderson showed up. Uh, Julie Julie Brown from Earth Girls Are Easy. I got to hang yeah. out with her. And uh, oh, that uh, comedian Kevin uh, that does impressions. Uh, Pollock. Kevin Pollock was. Uh, I sat next to him. Pollock, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it was fun. It was my only highlight, and I, I got to read a couple lines. Okay, let's listen now. All right. listening. <laughs> okay, now this is the bad guy's hideout on Batman. Yeah, that's right. Well, those are the crazy San Francisco street parkings on the hill like that. You got to turn your uh, tires a certain way. Look, there's Venom's house. Yeah. Did you see Venom? Yeah, and that 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 was he lives right next door to the penguin. Yeah, that's right. The sequel. Okay, so Whoopi hears the cops coming again, so she's out of there. But Bobcat is going to cause a hell but, of a disturbance. But they're at the, but they're at Bobcat's apartment. At Bobcat's apartment. Right. Yeah. Well, they already tore down Whoopi's. Right. That's. This is where comedy legend meets comedy legend. Listen to the, Goodman. Listen to the audio. Well, she broke into this man's apartment and stabbed him. I can talk to you about that. First, we'd like you to go brush your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the murals. Now, she's on the trail of one of the friends who, um, who the victim knew. And who's an artist and shows she's here finding out the the location of this artist she she's going to be a sleuth now she's going to go from person to person trying to find the killer so she's the burglar out of the closet and on the trail that would be my novel name now this is a great some pretty funny bobcat stuff here all right Because Bobcat will say, like, you know, Police Academy, that was in the past. 
you know, and then just need to move on. And I'm sure, like, if you said, this is my favorite movie, he'll probably say, well, that was, like, 33 years ago. It's time for you to move on. But it was funny. It's funny stuff, you know? The thing is, Bobcat in every single movie he's in, he's the same guy! You know, he never moves on. He's always doing his shtick. Well, those in those in those movies, but, I mean, he became a movie director, and he uh, he acted in some of them. I think if he's done like stuff outside his own direction, that uh, he's not crazy like that. You know, recently. since 2012, well, he's been a yeah, regular. Well, yeah, no, he changed his character, right? <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh my God, he says it's a people aquarium. That's one of the best lines too. Ah, uh, well, he did God Bless America and uh, World's Greatest Dad, which is a terrific film, and. Did a movie about uh, Bigfoot. He did a movie. He convinced his friend they were shooting a movie called Windy City Blues, and it was all a scam. They were just pretending to shoot this movie, and they uh-huh. made a documentary about it. <laughs> really? That's um, funny. Yeah. Oh, he did this movie about a woman who had sex with a dog. Like a guy had, is on is uh, in a relationship, and she reveals that she slept with slept with a dog. And Bobcat directed a lot of episodes of the Jimmy Kimmel show. He's like a television director oh, as well. Oh, really? Wow. You know, since 2012, he's been a regular on that uh, radio quiz show, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Oh, how great. Yeah, I haven't listened to that show in years. This is my favorite scene, this little white yuppie that she she just completely convinces him. Like, you know, he's scared. She's, she's pretending to be homeless from the 80s homeless. He thinks she's a drug addict. He pretends like she's about to die. And, you know, it's just turns around looking for Anita Moody, you know? Because, like, they told me to bring this stuff over here. I, I, I imagine you probably was real nervous when you opened the door and checked my ass out. So I didn't know what to do, you know? But I figured five, oh, oh, how many could it be on one floor? Yeah. Oh, she's great in this movie. She just, they just take her for face value and she just walks all over them. Now he's seeing dentist equipment, and this makes her think maybe he's the killer. Well, there's, yeah, there's, or there's the, one of the tools the, right there. He might just have the, the cleanest teeth in there. The coincidence. Nice loft. Actually, it's kind of a shitty loft. Yeah, Touch this loft. You know, give me a room. Who he's got a printing press, he makes his own zine. And a killer dog. Well, yeah, I mean in the eighties you always had to have a killer baby eating dog in your apartment. Now that printing press oh. is very important to the plot, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, we find fact, out were We find out that they're doing counterfeiting. And that cleaver comes in handy, or uh, you've got a nose of chicken there. That yeah, well, the she part. sees that the dog loves chicken, and when she comes back later and breaks in, she uses chicken to not get eaten by the dog. By the way, listeners, oh, that was a Carl spoiler alert. That's right, a Carl spoiler alert for you. Oh, uh, I don't you're know if you're a regular listener. Chicken. I always spoil the movie. Mike it makes that a, a request. That is part of my gig. 
No, I get I get very tired of these movies very quickly. So I just tell Carl wh- who dies, how does it end? Yeah, is burglar going to be okay at the end? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this movie is so suspenseful. It makes un- uncut gems look like a uh, sleigh ride. Only Susan Sarandon will die in the end. Now, Whoopi had those circular glasses and a lot of stuff. She showed up in, in Moonlighting oh. at the time, putting herself. That's her, like, signature look. She wears them on the Yeah, v- that was part of her. Yeah. Well, yeah, the poster, she has, like, a turtleneck, a leather jacket, and those glasses. If you wear glasses, sometimes you find ones that are right for your eyes. Like, mine are always square and try to be frameless because of certain features on my eyes. They hide now, they hide defects. Now, notice that ah. WKRP in Cincinnati is on the TV, and the director who made this film directed WKRP in Cincinnati. Hugh Wilson. I was wondering about that. They direct, like, Bachelor Party, like, the names that were, like, Adam Sandler movies. And the, movies. the name you no. would know is Blast from the Past. He he directed that one. Uh, Brendan Fraser and All Alexis right. Silverstone. How right. I not know that one. Okay, so they need to find out the bartender's real name, not his uh, alias. So Bobcat's going to freak out. Let, let's listen. Okay. No idiot, it's not. Oh, it's like a hitman. Yeah, I think maybe it's something like that. Well, Come I don't need to call it. Sorry. Come on, it's the Here it comes now. He's going to freak. something oh no um i have to can you guys pause oh michael oh, i'm gonna kill you okay i'm paused at 102 17. okay you said 17 yes okay all right perfect here we go and in three two one go So now he signs his correct name, and that was their whole. Point. That was Danny Detchy, by the way, playing his uh, head. <laughs> without a pencil. Right. Well, he does. He does that sometimes. He'll he'll play like orchestra on his head, on his skull. So now they know his real name, so Whoopi's going to break into his house and try to find some evidence. There's a lot of phone books and phone boots in this movie. Yeah. You know, when the internet came, the phone book went away, but there's no good substitute. Yeah, like if I need a good plumber uh, whose company begins with the letter A-A-A-A-A-A-A, where am I going to find that? Not in a phone. Or if I'm looking, what if I need like a pizza coupon or a taxi coupon? Where where am I going to find that phone book? 
Now, Whoopi got her name from farting. She, uh, when she wasn't famous, she'd be waiting to go on stage and she wouldn't be in the bathroom and she'd be farting. And then people would say, you sound, one person said, you sound like a whoopee cushion. And she just took that as her name. Wow. Well, that's very distinguished, I guess. Now she's going to jump across this roof. It's very scary. It's rainy. And it's like when she did this, I was scared for her. I know it's a movie. I was suspending disbelief. Well, I mean, come on, man. She has to, uh, she's a cat burglar. It's in the job description. Here we go. Made it. Whoa. Cats always land on their feet. Right. Same thing's More true for shoes. Like, let's count how many products you can find. Budweiser. Budweiser. Raisins. Oh, that's the raisins. Yeah. Oh, Oreo cookies. Listen, Hugh Wilson needs to make some money, so, you know, can't throw in that product placement. Trapped in the closet. He really loves closets. Yeah, the secret oh, closet. She knows just where to go. Yeah, and probably in the closet. The French call it closet. Le closet. Close it. They call it a closet because you have to close it. Whoa. That's $100 a lot bills in the 80s. You know how much coke you could roll up and snort with that? Okay, so now she goes to the artist's house. Where a dog will eat her alive. Yikes. But she brought the chicken, right? Right. Dogs love raw chicken. Lone Star Beer. That's the thing about these laws, you could just go through the air vents. You always have to check for an alien behind you. Like you need your friend on the little radar to see if there's an alien in the air vent. It is always possible. That dog can't wait to eat whoever's dropping out of, out of that vent. Now, the guy who made this into a screenplay, uh, he started he uh, his career doing Teen Wolf, which I think is a favorite of yours. I, I'm well aware of Mr. Teen Wolf. Yeah, that's a good movie. And he did Commando with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Wow, this guy can write. Oh, he yeah. Went he from, did a lot. Uh, teen- uh, uh, Luke Cage, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., Legion, Smallville, Jessica yeah, Jones. I guess I don't know that one. That's uh, Netflix. He's, he's friends with Luke Cage. Oh, okay. <laughs> Makes sense he got that gig. Yeah. 
Now, what's funny is G.W. Bailey starts out as the guy who's squeezing her, right? But throughout the film, as they interact more and more, they become friends. Yeah, that's right. They both need each other. Well, they both get, they both like to hang out together. So now what he's doing is he's saying, look, the real killer was this artist guy, and they, somehow there's counterfeit money involved. And what's amazing to me is Whoopi didn't take any of that counterfeit money. Right. Hey, you know, I can think of another 80s film where they had an artist uh, who was also a counterfeiter. Yeah? Live and Die in L.A. Right. Live and Die in L.A. Uh, William, uh, William Dafoe plays a like a 80s artist who had counterfeits money. And Beverly Hills Cop 3, that's in the 90s, but the uh, amusement park was counterfeiting money. Yep. What a train wreck that film was. Uh, yeah. Actually, All if right. you're interested in hearing more about that film, check out my brother's podcast, Probably Resents. I actually was a guest when we talked about uh, Beverly Hills Cop 3. Adam's uh, show trip. and Here's two a... other guys. Here's a trivia question about to live and die in L.A. When he's uh, laundering the money, and before he starts distributing it, he needs to soften it up and make it feel like it's not, like, just came right off the press, right? So how does he right. do that? A dryer. Uh, That's love the laundry money. dryer with it. Uh, he goes to quarter machines. Uh, he no. throws a whole bunch of poker chips in. Oh, right. Yeah. What a dead gir- giveaway when you hear No respect for the other people in the apartment who might need the washer or dryer. That's right. He's always hogging it up. Yeah. Because he goes, <laughs> hey, I put a lot of money in this machine. I have put a lot of money in right. this machine. <laughs> I prefer to launder my money. I like to buy jewelry with my with my money, and that's how I keep the the flow going. So what uh, happened so was notices that she's go ahead, Carl. Well, he just he he said the artist is obviously the one who killed uh, uh, the the victim here, but then they find out well the artist is dead, so he couldn't have done it. Right, and now, and now this guy, what's his name, uh, GW or whatever, is with uh, with Whoopi in a in a cafe, and he's wondering why she lied to him, and he's going, she's like, I didn't know that. Somebody else, it must be uh, who is it, Susan Sarandon, right? Right. That's who she yeah. thinks it is. <laughs> okay, but no, but you see, outside in the car is uh the cops uh, you know um yep he set her up right he set her up john, john good he's like joey Pence. now i said they were being friends and they are but she still set her up to save his own ass i mentioned she was in arthur but she was also in my favorite year right Leslie Ann Warren. 
That's always a name like you always hear. Like, you know, like you go, oh, I know who that is. Well, no, no, no. Her name is Anne DeSalvo. DeSalvo. That's her name. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah I got the one that I The one that I thought was on SCTV. The one that yeah. uh partner. The one you, who was in my my big fat Greek wedding. Interesting. Sure. Look at this. So Rickley. She's in North Beach right now. Okay. Here, right, right. This is where... Mike, here comes the car chase, right? Yes, I got my nose. I know what alley that is. I know that alley. Yeah, what alley is that? It's the one right next to Red Boy. Yeah, right. Okay, so there she is. So that's North Beach, right? Yeah, that's like at Grant and whatever it is, Columbus. Grant and Columbus. Okay, so we're at at Grant and Columbus right now. And off she goes. Corner right by that, like the the church. Okay, that makes sense. There you go. Yeah. All right. So there. The North Beach. North Beach. Ooh, well, we get some hills too, and with cop chases, you know, your car has to fly up in the hill. All right. So there's North Beach still. We got the Quake Tower. Still North Beach because that was a uh, Quake Tower. Yeah. Yeah. A little San Francisco jump. This is mandatory when you're doing this case. It's bullet. I think this bullet might be the like, right uh, off of uh So that's the totally uh, far away from the city. Yeah. Look at how far they are from the city. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, now we're back in North Beach. Ish. No, I don't Yeah, ish. We're like in the south here. No, uh, yeah, we're on the other side. We're all like, well, they're approaching uh, the Full House uh, Park, where is it, where they ride a pony. Oh, oh, Alamo not Square. A, yeah, well, not now. They're not nowhere near it. Oh, I know that alley. That's Alley Sheedy. Uh, right. Alley Sheedy. All those trees. Oh, that must be 22nd. So what is that? 28th in Dahara, it said. Oh, wow. Oh, so they're out of mission. When Mike and I went to the Full House house, we started singing uh, Charles in Charge. <laughs> Just to piss it off. off. They're like, it's a farmer. Yeah, I guess this is the outer mission. Yeah, Whoa, what? So this is what Petro Hill again? Oh no, mission. I can't even tell anymore. No, I could say, so here we go. So this is Petro Hill. It's right downtown. by the footbridge. So this is the footbridge uh, that goes from like Petro Hill into the, uh, General Hospital and the the mission, right? I mean, like, but then she she turns and suddenly she's in Alamo Square. Now we're in Western Edition. Right. Like other right. across the street park. See, Carl, this movie's so unrealistic. It just doesn't make Half sense. And the now bridge to the elevated sidewalk across from uh, Alamo Square. You see Alamo Square's on the other side. Right. When I lived in this neighborhood, we would drive around the park at two in the morning looking for parking. And now she is elsewhere. 
Well, she's driving a motorcycle. She gets around. Has a lot of uh, fender benders. Not this, not hell, maybe. There's the house from my old game. Yeah, a lot of car. Uh, looks like tender knob. Looks like the tender knob. Yeah, it looks like the tender knob. Where the Tenderloin and Knob Hill meets. Right. Uh, well, she totally, uh, I'll need in those guys. Now John Goodman is frustrated and she's starting to unload on her. And he says, I should have kicked that door in. I think that needs to be said. <laughs> now we're back in Western Edition. Think. Right. No, the marina. Going down towards the wharf in the marina. Yeah, the marina. right. Yeah. Mayday! 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 Do do. Doesn't exist. It never did, as far as I know. Yeah, no, you're right. It's like in in uh, 48 hours when they go to that country western bar in the mission. And like, how many times have I yeah, walked around uh, looking uh, for that place? Uh, uh, Torchies. Torchies. That Torchies, must be right. A, but you know it won't be. That must be a gay bar because it says cocktail. Yeah, with a comma in between it. That's the giveaway. Okay, so the bartender that they found with all the counterfeit money, Whoopi is spying that they're like, I don't know, there's some sort of mob thing or something. They're they're taking them away and they're going to kill them. This goes mm-hmm. much deeper than the dentist. By the way, when you say cocktail, I think of I've never met a penis that didn't have a story to tell. <laughs> It always ends the same way. Oh, and then I came. They sprung Susan Sarandon from jail, and uh, her and lawyer Carson are heading home. But who are they going to find inside? Who? Whom? Whom? This is when she dies. Except you guys have seen this film. That joke doesn't work. Yeah, no, we've already seen yeah, that film. Yeah. We know what happened. Yeah. We just gave you the total inaccuracies of that car chase. Surely we know they don't die at the end. Mike, don't call me Shirley. Not on the show. Uh, I love this leather jacket. Yeah, it's a great setup. Look at the shoulders she's got on those on that jacket. They're loving coat. Have you ever seen a San Francisco Thunderman? Yeah. Well, we're almost towards the end. I hope. (laughs) Let me see. Yes, we are. Well, there's about 15 minutes left, including the credits. And this is when she's going to put two and two together. You remember that the, the barfly, the drunk lady talked about this other friend who would come by going, here's Johnny, and the guy's name is Carson, and they hear the Tonight Show on the TV, and he goes, here's Johnny, and she puts two and two together. He's the killer. 
Right, like in the Chinese. Not Susan Sarandon does it. Susan Sarandon is a guest, but she got bumped. Don't know who went wrong. This guy dresses like a yuppie. His name is James Handy. And um, I don't know. He's done a lot. Are you asking for Jim Handy? He was in Jumanji, Guarding Tess, The Rocketeer. He's always, he's never the star. No, but they, we need a rich asshole to stand in the background. Right. He was in The Verdict. Yeah. Um, oh, he played a lawyer. He was on TV in The Preppy Murderer as a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> Not another lawyer. I was reading for The Preppy Murderer. I know he's so likable. Yeah. What do you call I it? I said finally possibly a, a murder for me. What's that, Paul? What do you What do you call a thousand lawyers at the bottom of the ocean? A good start? A good start. Yes. Yay. Oh, let's keep them going. Do you know why sharks don't eat lawyers? Cannibalism? Professional. Um, Professional courtesy. Yeah. Any other lawyer jokes? Um, While we have this guy in the uh, We're out of lawyer jokes, sorry. Damn. Oh, no, I got more. Uh, what's the difference the between audio. a bucket Let's, and a lawyer Let's hear the audio, Mike. Roll and roll. Mike, don't pop the thing. Look at Carl. her blue eyes, man. Yeah. Well, look at the map. It's going to be pulled from YouTube. Yeah, that's right. You know, the thing about Whoopi Goldberg, like, as a comedian, like, you can hit the tippy top, and where do you go from there? Like, you look at Bill Maher, he becomes a talk show host. She and Whoopi also is a talk show host. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, she did a lot of, like, uh, morning radio, too, prior to The View. Like, uh-huh. she used to be, like, a syndicated national morning DJ and talk about the day's events and stuff like that. I used to listen to it during the mid-80s, mid-aughts. But, yeah, so then, you know, you hit a point where, like, you're not really going to act, but you do have a daily talk show. 2007, she, she said, started that. Yeah, so it must have, so she the radio must have given them room. Whoopee. He's always on a payphone. So Whoopi's like, oh, I know it was you. I know it was you. I know I know everything. You're the guy. And so they arrange to meet. All right. But so he they meet at Stern Grove, which is this uh, uh, parky area that has outdoor concerts, uh, which got canceled this year. They're offering archived uh, previous live shows, but they're no longer doing a show for this year. But Because of the quarantine, right? Yeah, that's right. Well, because also they have bad taste usually, but it's like free concerts, and they would always be like yeah. a big star at the end. I went to a wedding in Stern Grove. It was very fancy. Matter of fact, they're having you... a virtual comedy day celebration uh, started an hour ago. On Saturday, huh. but this is Sunday. We're doing this on Sunday. I met yesterday. Huh. Right, right. Well, they, well whenever this airs, it airs. Yeah. 
whenever this podcast drops. They they are they uh, are they just jump? They did it for uh, they closed it down for the quarantine because they were very stern. Uh, <laughs> unintended. Yeah. Carl, you were so disappointed when you found out it was in the Howard Stern Grove. You were like, "Why did I drive all the way over here? Why did I fly over here for that?" We went over to Robin Williams Meadow just for the hell of it. Yeah. Well, because of Robin from uh, the Howard Stern show, you're also disappointed. Oh, yes. Okay, so here it is, Stern Grove. I love this scene. Like, it's all foggy. Man, and by the way, uh, Carl, how many fog machines did they use for this part? Good question. (laughs) Didn't go that deep. Uh, Carl, we want to know. All right, I have it right here. Uh, it was uh, 20 cases of imported London fog. They really paid the money. Wow. <laughs> yeah. wow. I was going to say, that's not real. And so that's it's just certain groves. London fog, that's pretty amazing. That shit's not cheap. Well, no, they use Canadian fog. It was cheaper. Oh. It was, the fog was uh, shot no. in Georgia. That's, that's travel no. time. No, it was com- Canadian mist instead. <laughs> the truth was, um, I went to see the clash in Atlantic City, and it was very foggy. And that's what Joe Strummer said to the crowd: "Twenty cases of imported London fog out there." Ever the showman. They were known for their theatrics. The, so the clash. Oh, uh, she flipped like, up her glasses. Her watch out! Now she's fucking pissed. Yeah, he's. She's like, do you know how much money this gun costs? God damn it! Me that's that? Are you fucking mad? They hit a poor homeless guy. Well, that woke up Christine. What? Hey, I'm trying to jerk off in the bushes. <laughs> Ow. Yeah. <laughs> now, Police Academy dude is recording them because they're going to get his Police confession. Illinois has a say. So Ray's confessing. It's got to be like his biggest role ever. This guy is always the extra, you know? He was on this. He was on Criminal Minds. He was on 10 episodes of NYPD Blue. He's always in the back room, back of the room. So he must have played one character then, because he, or unless he played ten different characters on NYPD Blue. Hey, I'm just a neighborhood barber. <laughs> yeah, he was in the West Wing. He was in Third Watch, ER, Law and Order, The Pretender, Quantum Leap. He's been everywhere, and we don't know who he is. Barfly shows yeah. up. The Barfly shows up. He's going to do another pussy joke? Yeah, got him some material. They're squeezing him. They're squeezing him, trying to get him to just admit that he did it. Nice. And then they even, she goes, I know you were sleeping with, dude, with uh, 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 the dead guy, Christopher. Well, no, remember, it, it was jealousy over... Susan Sarandon, that's what it was. 
he's in love with Susan Sarandon. And when she, it was her who Whoopi was hearing sleep with her ex-husband when she was in the closet. No, no. But he is also sleeping with the dude. He was helping date sex with him. Really? You didn't? Yes! For this movie, yeah, it changes the whole story. He is in the beginning. How promiscuous he is in the beginning that he's even doing guys and girls. Stab! When he goes, here's Johnny in the hotel room with Susan Sarandon, you can tell he gets jealous when Susan Sarandon goes, yeah, I fucked him that night. Oh, he's he's jealous. Yeah, he was jealous. I'm sorry, Carl. Did I tell you about the birds and the birds? Yeah, the birds and the birds. You know, this is the, the second time bees. I've seen this movie for this show, and I didn't catch that. The sixth time? Like, four, five, six? We kept postponing it. We kept postponing it, so I got to see it over and over. Well, welcome oh, to the yeah, club, man. This is one movie. Right there. He was like, oh. oh, yeah, he was There's one movie you can six times. I think he was the bottom. Getaway car smushed <laughs> to prevent him from leaving. Thank you, Bobcat. Now they're in Mere Woods for, like, almost, for some reason. Oh, no. This is so Game no of longer Thrones at this point. It's Game of Thrones. Yeah, right. They took a detour. We went from City Block to just the park. Yeah, for Whoopi. She breaks her leg in this, right? Their character, I mean. Kind of scary. Do you think this is what she was like when she was married? I was dating Ted Danzig. Didn't there wasn't there the blackface thing, and she was all into it? Well, she she said that it was her idea. Like she took the blame for it. She fell on her sword. There's a really good. Yeah, there's a great movie called Get Bruce about Bruce Valance as a comedy writer. And Whoopi's in it a lot, and they, that happens, and she takes the credit. You know, she says it was my mistake, and she takes the blame for it. But she comes off very professional. Like, she will give other people credit, or she will take the blame for something that doesn't work. I mean, I'm sure she's a weird individual, but I, I, I love her. I think she's great. Yeah. I love all her movies. I love when uh, The View goes viral, and you hashtag The View on Twitter. You're like, all right. If you put someone in their place, and then could watch that viral video. I like I like Whoopi. I've always liked Whoopi. I I've liked Whoopi since what was it, the Young Comedians thing or HBO specials or whatever. Right, yeah. especially the, the ones like you said that you and Carl saw. Mm-hmm. The one you and Carl saw with all the different characters on Broadway. That HBO yeah. special was like phenomenal. That's the one she won like the. Uh, the Tony for or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. The... I won a Tony once. I was bidding on him in a day, you know, in a dance. Right. And an yeah, Oscar I too. Ran- I I won a Tony Randall. <laughs> yeah, he returned it though. Down he goes. 
Carson, Carson, down we go. <laughs> Carson, Carson, down we go. You really got to know our show uh, to get that joke. Yeah, you have to sit through a movie called Angel, Angel. Angel, Angel, down Yeah, if I updated it, you'd be more accessible. Oh, uh, these are 90-minute tapes. I could record two and a half albums on each of them. There's Inspector Clouseau. Yeah, he got beat up because of the police academy. He pulled a prank on him. So now she tells um, Bobcat Goldthwait to watch uh, Carson. And if he moves, if he starts waking up, hit him on the head. And so Bobcat just starts hitting him on the head. And Whoopi's like, no, wait till he wakes up. <laughs> What? Well, I moved a little. Oh, how can they use Oscar the Grouch as a roof on that? <laughs> and she fucks over George W. Bailey in this, right? Like the last scene, or they become friends, partners? No, they don't fuck each over each other over. They end up in about fifty steps from here. She ends up packing him. And saying, well, yeah, huh. now you're going to end up, and she ends up, like, raping him in the middle of Stern Grove. Yeah, it's not even the same. Because if you listen right. to what she says. And then Carl's favorite music plays. Boom. All right. This is where the dialogue is so loud you can hear it as the camera pans up. And that's it. Here we got the classic uh, post-credit picture credits. Love it. The Bailey. Talking to his agent. Get me out of this movie. There's Leslie Ann Warren. Susan Sarandon. Yeah, Susan Sarandon White. Jim Handy. Name is Susan Sarandon. There's a ghost. Elizabeth Ruscio. They don't really do this anymore. At the end of the credits, they show scenes and show the names so you can remember who each person is. And the rest. I know. That helps. And and the there rest. He <laughs> Gilligan's Island. They gave a credit to <laughs> Right. The first mate, the skipper, the movie star, and and, and, and those uh, other fucks <laughs> here. And the other two people. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that has been Burglar from 1987. Uh, we were very excited to have special guests on our show, uh, Paul Brumba and Mr. Christine. Uh, guys, what did you think of the movie? Uh, we love it every time it gets better. You know, this is one of these films that every time we seem to see it, uh, we see and hear something new, a little something new, a little bit something different, and we catch more uh, background stuff. It's almost like a, what do they call them, hidden Easter eggs. Yeah, yeah, it's rewatchable. Carl, you watched this movie six times. What do you yeah. think of this film? Well, I really, really, really didn't want to like this film very much. Really didn't want to like it, but I got to admit, it makes me laugh, and it was good. 
Oh, I'm very excited you said that. Well, I guess we'll never find out who the musicians were because the credits got truncated. But this gives us the opportunity. I hope you enjoyed uh, listening to our podcast and watching a movie at the same time. We're going to do it next episode. Carl, next week's movie, well, we we took a detour the other day, and we watched uh, a good movie, a Walter Matthau movie from 1980. And I think we're going to mix it up this time, and we're going to watch a different Walter Matthau movie from 1980. This film is based on a Shirley Temple film, and so there's a little rud rack in it, and an adorable, rascally Walter Matthau. Of course, Carl, I'm talking about the 1980 movie Little Ms. Marker. Little and Ms. I want to play the trailer. Is yeah. there a trailer? You know, yeah, YouTube Movies channel has a trailer for Little Miss Marker. Little Miss Marker. For a film that someone posted for free. Yeah. So we're going to play, and uh, hopefully uh, we can get uh, the Rumbaugh's in in the mix next week. Uh, so if you guys want to listen along, I'm going to go ahead and play the trailer in three, two, one. Let's go. Your old man is out looking for some uh, dough. It takes time. He needs patience. Every time he goes away, he sends me a postcard. Well, maybe someplace we don't have these posters. Oh, I realize this is not a real trailer, actually. This is a scene from the movie. Oh, that's So we'll save it for me. Oh, here. Uh, allow me. Carl, can I do the trailer? Yeah, sure. In a, in a world where little girls are poker aunties, I bet my daughter there's always winners and losers. What? I lost my daughter? What? I won your daughter? Little Miss Marker. Available at Blockbuster. Uh, you know oh, it's you 1980 like because uh, it's it's Miss instead of Ms. Oh, right. Well, this is one of those weird 80s films where it's contemporary and everyone's dressed like 1940s, so I'm looking forward to it. Like everyone wears a suit and tie in 1980. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was totally wrong because I was looking at Little Miss, the Little Pig Porker. Totally different. <laughs> totally, totally different. different. Yeah. Get off that red tube. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be watching Little Miss Marker, another movie from 1980 starring Walter Matthau. Uh, and so please subscribe to us. Keep uh, supporting Mutiny Radio. Uh, check out SF Gate for an article about Mutiny Radio. They're doing live comedy shows in the street, socially distancing, of course. Uh, and that also airs on Fridays at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time uh, on Mutiny Radio. FM. Subscribe to the Edge of the Sandy. Any exciting stuff coming up? Paul, anything you want to promote as well? No, I've got a great uh, show coming up uh, right before this one. But, yeah, we would love to have you listen to us on iTunes uh, or any of those Android apps. But definitely get us organically at mutinyradio.fm. Right. So it's the show before hours. You can listen back to back. Thank you so much, Christine. Thank you so much, Carl. Thank you so much. Audience, as always, thank you. We look forward to watching Will Miss Marker with you next time. Later.
wrote this song. My turn-ons are dancing in the dark, kissing on a lark, and peeing in the park. You should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. That's the duh of Francais, not the duh of dumbass. But never mind that. Don't follow me now. Follow me later. I mean, for right now. Listener, you are listening to MutinyRadio.fm and .sf, and we are streaming live. I also, we have a podcast happening uh, all the way. We have a Zoom call interview all the way from England. That's it's so crazy. In the age of Zoom, we all uh, get to know each other and meet each other here on the interwebs. I am joined by John Cheatham. Hi, John. Oh, let me give you noise. Ha, ha, ha. There we go. There we go. Hi, John. Hi, Pam. Hi. Can oh, I, can, you hear me? I can hear you fantastically. That is Perfect. great. Perfect. So you're um, an author. You have a new book coming out. You survived a mob hit. We need a little. Give us some crazy background on on John Cheatham and the amazing book that's coming out and what's been going to be happening with your. Uh, TV miniseries that is unnamed. It sounds like some really exciting stuff happening in uh, in your life during COVID times. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, 15 years ago, working for a real estate company in, in England, I, I was asked to assist an American bloodstock dealer from Kentucky to buy an old abandoned racetrack in Bulgaria before Bulgaria joined the European Union. So um, I went out there and got the deal agreed. Uh, I then went back to complete the paperwork uh, and uh, the Russian-Bulgarian mob shot me threw me over a bridge. What? Over a racetrack? Yeah. And But it wasn't even... They were going to get their money or they didn't want... It was all a ruse. They, they didn't want the American to buy it. The, the Bulgarian mob wanted it. And so the Bulgarian mob shot you. Where were you shot? Through, through my leg. Through your leg? Uh, Straight through my right, right leg. And that it didn't hit a femoral artery? I mean, obviously you're live. You're talking to us. Which is uh, yeah, exciting. Yeah, um, I, I spent four and a half years on crutches, though, learning to walk. Wow. So it like hit the bone, or did it just ruin all of the yeah, muscle? It, or it, it, it completely shattered the bones. Oh my god. So did you start writing? Did you write before this incident, or was it this incident that sparked? It was that, that, that incident and having time on my hands. Um, that kind of brought me to writing. Uh, I'd, I'd been interested when I was at school and stuff, but life takes over, sort of work and whatever's going on in your life takes over. Yeah. So um, 
I didn't have a great deal of time. I was always working, always busy. And then when that happens, you suddenly find you're at home for four years. <laughs> so COVID's easy for you. You're like, B, I've been at home for four years. What are you talking about? This, uh, oh no, you have to <laughs> yeah. be in your house for four months. Poor baby. It's like four years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, this this lockdown is just a warm up. <laughs> so, uh, is your book nonfiction, or did you write a fiction book based off? No, it's the... not no non non fiction. Um, it's going to be the the gritty truth about everything that happened out there. Are you not afraid that they're going to come after you again? I mean, it's the Bulgarian mob. They're not going to come after me. I I survived them once. There's no chance. I'm a tough Brit. Yeah, I mean, four and a half years, shattered leg. But you can walk again. Yeah, yeah, I can walk. walk Almost normal. Wow. Uh, But you still have a real job. So this is like... Yeah, still back, back in real estate, doing what I've always done. And just so, did you get an agent and a manager, or how are you? How did you? How are you putting out this novel? Do you have a publishing company no, you're going I, through? I, 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 um, I, yeah, there, there is a TV producer meeting me next week <gasps> in London to take care of all that. Wow, that's really really exciting. Did you? Now, did this all come about? because of COVID, once you were on lockdown, you had the ability to kind of sell your wares or talk to people about what happened, or was it, has this been in the works for many, many years? Uh, uh, you know, yeah, a little bit. Just before lockdown, I was at a um, sportsman's dinner, you know, sportsmen that have retired, they did sort of like charity events. Sure. I, I was at one of, one of those with a, uh, and that boxer, uh, a lightweight boxer, and in walked uh, a lady from from my local area who was the first female world champion boxer. Wow. And uh, they're, they're doing a film in Hollywood about, about her. And she, she knows me from old. She grabbed hold of me and said, What's all this story about Bulgaria and you? She said, I've heard a little bit. What's going on? And I, I told her briefly. She said, right, I've got an agent in London that wants to talk to you. He'll ring you on Monday. And then lockdown came. Yeah. Uh, and we've not, we've not been able to meet. We've, we've been sending the odd email and the old conversation. But he emailed me last week and said, look, lockdown's been lifted now. How are you for the end of July coming to London to meet me to get this done? Fantastic. Hey, that's, I mean, well, it's terrible that COVID happened and everything got shut down, but that you still have the connection and and that, because this is a really exciting project. Also that it involves, you're a Brit, you were brokering on behalf of an American in Bulgaria. Like, it's it just, it's like a, it's kind of a, a mind twist of what's going to happen. And all the cool accents, like, 
What does a Bulgarian accent sound like? <laughs> it's gonna be... It sounds like, yeah, average Russian. Oh, all right. So Russians. So how did you get involved with the Americans to broker this racetrack deal? That just sounds so... I, uh, I, well, uh, this is the tale at the end of the oh. story. That'll be amazing. There's a large company in America not mentioning any names, but they're in Pittsburgh, uh -huh. and they begin with W. Aha. Uh -huh. Oh. Okay, so the, the American bloodstock dealer's wife worked high up for this company. Now, she was in England, in my local area, brokering a deal for, for something here. And her husband joined her while she was here for about five years. All that time they were here, they they leased a house from me. Ah, it's the real estate. It's just so funny because you wouldn't think something. When people think real estate, they think kind of mundane. You know, they don't think like world travelers and brokering these big deals and 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 the mob and getting shot you usually think like oh you know it's real estate buying and selling things but yeah you think it's easy you think you're gonna have a little old lady coming around buying a little house and moving in and everything's good but now it's uh, it's some messy messy business out there wow and you got wrapped up in it so yeah we're did you know the mob was involved? Or was it like all of a sudden it was thrust upon you that, oh, geez, I'm dealing all, with the all mob. Of, all of a sudden, I got separated from someone I was talking to, and I got shot and pushed over a bridge. <gasps> How? Okay, so now you have to tell me a little bit of the survival tale. So you're in the river, you're bleeding. No, no, it was a, a, a road bridge. It's like... Uh, I landed on tarmac. Oh my God. You're lucky you didn't get hit by a different car. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I landed on tarmac. I must have I must have passed out, but I must have come round very, very quickly because they the mob who shot me were running around the bridge to try and finish me off. Whoa. But I I could see all the blood and the bones and things <gasps> from my leg. And behind me was a cab light. So they were about 15, 20 feet away was a, a cab wow. waiting for business. Oh. And he, he, must have, he must have seen what happened. And he reversed and picked me up and sped away. Oh, my God. That's insane. You got, you know what, even if you got pushed over the bridge onto a road below, you didn't crack your head open. Like, even the fall could have been even worse. But there's bones sticking out. You're bleeding all over the place. Did they did they clip a femoral artery, or was that why you didn't die? Because, like, it seems kind of an amazing yeah, shot. Yeah, I, 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 amazingly, no arteries were clipped. Wow. But the bones, I, I landed on, on my right leg that I'd been shot through. Whoa. So the... Bone, the bones just compounded from my knee to my foot. Wow. 
Well, at least it wasn't the other leg because then it could have been one leg was shot and broken and shattered. And then if you would have fallen on the other leg, then you really would have had, you would have two broken legs. And then what do you do? Of course, I would have died if that happened. Oh, that's so incredible that you're alive. And the cab driver just happened to be there and he reverses and what, he like, you're still lucid? You're still awake at this point? He reverses his speed. He throws open the back door drags me into the back of the cab and sped off. Wow. And just straight to the hospital. Hey, but wait, wait. this is in Bulgaria. No, he, he, took, me to, he took me to my hotel. Oh. Where are you staying? Where are you staying? And he, we screeched at the hotel. And he opened the door and threw me out in front of the hotel. Whoa. Because he didn't want to be connected with sped, it. Sped <gasps> off. Oh, my God. Well, absolutely. He wouldn't want to be connected with it, that either he did it or that he knew who did it, or anything, because then they could find yeah. him. That's wow. it. That's it. And so you're in front of your hotel bleeding, and you just, are you screaming, like, help me, help me, or were you just in so much shock that you... I, I was in shock, so I was very, very calm. Um, but um, the people from the hotel came out, got me an ambulance. But next day at the hospital, um, they... The police came and beat me up. What? The, the police police were employed by the mafia. <gasps> oh. So they, they came and beat me up and made me sign some papers to say, nothing happened. We haven't seen anything. You, you're just going to go home and forget all this. Right, that you were just randomly shot on the street in Bulgaria. Don't say anything. Yeah, yeah. Don't tell your government. Yeah. This definitely wasn't mafia action there's no there's no mafia in bulgaria (laughs) sign the dnr did i mean did you incur a lot of i mean this is kind of a mundane question but did you incur a lot of uh medical bills that you had to compensate for Um, in the future i had travel insurance and the bulgarians corruptly milked a lot of course they did because you have the insurance so that they could just say, oh, yeah, this juice is $12, and that's why we – wow. Yeah, is everything yeah. a racket in Bulgaria? Is that what happens when you're in, uh, like, an uh, iron it's, it's, still, it's still a racket. The, the police officers, to date, I mean, we're talking 2020, I paid $30 a week. What? give you a lot of incentive so they, to keep they safe. earn their money they earn their money from being corrupt of course right oh my god what a terrible system that's crazy that's crazy and that was only i mean and this this happened 15 years ago so we're talking 2005 this isn't like some yeah. 1988 like story from long ago this is recent really recent stuff yeah so you don't now, have any fear now, um, you don't have any fear that uh, that they're going to come after you now. You, you've beat them once. There's no way. Because if this this is going to get big, there's going to be. A, I mean, are you going to use change the names to protect the innocent, or are you going to go with like okay. John Cheatham? I, <laughs> I, I, the, the, the two Americans, of course, I have to. Now, apparently, I'm not sure if it's true or what, but the the Bulgarian mob continually shoot each other. And the Bulgarian person, the mob who shot me, apparently got 
shot down driving his car in the middle of Sophia about 12 months after he shot me. Uh, well, karma is real, I guess, especially if you're in the mafia. <laughs> like, how about to, don't shoot people? Um, yeah. This happened, you were 30, you were 39 when this happened. How much, yeah. how much of your life, do you, did your life completely change after this? Did it change dramatically? Or like, is completely, this? Completely, completely, completely. I, I lost my house. Oh. My house was repossessed. Uh, I, I managed to keep on to my job, although I lost most of my income because I, I couldn't do much. I couldn't go out on appointments. I couldn't take listings. I couldn't do any of that. I couldn't drive. Right. Um, so I, I went into a small rented apartment right by the office. Um, people who've been my friends, I never saw them again. Oh. Uh, life just completely changed overnight. Yeah. Wow. And I mean, just not being able to walk and not being mobile. And then I'm sure you were on a ton of pain medication. So that doesn't make it easy to work. It's, I mean, it's impossible to like, if you have a huge injury like that, to work and heal at the same time. It just, it just, it just isn't possible. There's just not enough time yeah. in the day. <laughs> the, 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 the real issue why I was on crutches so long was the Bulgarians operated on me before they oh. sent me home, but they, they made a mess. Oh, wow. So uh, it, it was so bad that the British surgeons didn't know what to do. Wow. And four of the major orthopedic hospitals in England said my leg, leg was going to get amputated. Yeah, and, I was just going to ask that. And like... I, I was, yeah, I was going to be in a wheelchair, but um, a charity heard my story in Malawi in Africa. Wow. And a charity came from Africa and operated on me again. And thankfully, they put it right. Wow, because they were going to amputate your leg. I mean, that makes sense. If they yeah. shattered the bone in the thigh, that's pretty high up there. And it's like a big bone that has to support your body. And then if they put it back together wrong and it healed wrong, what do you do? They, they, they put a pen in my leg that was made of two different metals. <laughs> well, they must have run out of one kind. And it's like, a, did they, are you sure they didn't use duct tape to, instead of stitches to, to stitch well, you up? They, 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 they hadn't got any medication. They operated on me in a basement of... Barna Hospital with a hammer, chisel, and no painkillers. Wow. Whoa. So what was worse, being shot or being operated on after being shot? Being operated on after being shot. Wow. That's, uh, I mean, Bulgaria, what are you doing? This sounds like an expose on the country. <laughs> are you sure Bulgaria is not going to come after you? Uh, I don't mean to be. I don't. <laughs> well, uh, they, they give you the best shot. They lost. I'm still here. Yeah, they so did. it's one nil, one nil England. Did, but did they? Are you going to sue? I mean, can you? 
there's no one to sue in this situation, is there? Like, no, your life no. was your life was dramatically altered, and just yeah. detrimentally, and you had to change. I mean, and it's amazing what incredible struggle that you've gone through and that now you've written about it and that it's going to be a big thing. I mean, finally, some compensation for your pain. Because, I mean, that's got to be the hardest thing to deal with. It's just the emotional, like, this happened to me and not not having the someone recognize it and say, hey, I'm sorry that happened to you. We can help you. I mean, it's nice that, the, that they helped and did the operation from Malawi, but... I'm surprised you don't have a huge chip on your shoulder and a lot of anger and resentment and just anger issues toward being victimized. I, 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 I'm, I'm never angry at anybody. You know, life goes on. I'm here. You, you've got to keep smiling and keep going. That is, like, incredibly inspiring because, I mean, if if your situation, I'm just trying to put myself in your shoes, I would be like... So woe is me. I don't even know. Just four year, four and a half years of not being able to walk, and just like all of that painful um, rehabilitation. I, I mean, you're incredibly strong, and I'm so excited that that this is coming out. Well, what else can you tell us about it? Again, you're John Cheatham out of England. Do you have any other? Is there any way that people can become fans of yours or hear about what's going on in the process or? Oh, yeah. I, I'm I'm on the usual Instagram, Facebook, all, all the kind of things that I'm I'm on all those. Um, so yeah, I mean, um, hook up on Instagram or Facebook with me or something. Yeah, I'd be happy to chat with everybody about it. Well, your your book is called Thirty Six Pins. Is that the name of the book? Yeah. 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 And so that, that's what I. That's what I have in my leg, apparently, now. Wow. Wow. You're like a, you're like a human voodoo doll. You've got 36 pins <laughs> holding you together. Yeah. yeah. I, I, Steve Austin was bionic. I'm, I think I'm Lee Majors. Yeah. The bionic man with 36 pins. Um, and then you also said that you write music. Is the, yeah, did you did you do uh, that before? I, I got, yeah, no, I, I just started since lockdown. I, I I used to play around with words and things, but um, I, I believe you've got a friend, Rob Adams, yes, 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 yes. Daily. Yeah, well, uh, I put one of my poems on Facebook, and he immediately hooked onto it. Oh, fantastic! Can I put the can I put this in a song? He said, I, I love love the lyrics. I, I want this in a song. So he's done that for me. And, and now he wants more and more from me, which is great. That's fantastic. Well, it's great that you're being were you art were you artistic before the act accident is the wrong word. Before the attempted murder. Were you um were you creative like that or was that did that come after? I think that came after. Wow. Um, I think that came after, yeah. Um, sort of four and a half years. I'm not doing much. I've got post-traumatic stress yeah. from from all this. And apparently part of my brain closes off to pain. So I don't know if I'm in pain from anything. 
Wow. Which is quite odd. Uh, but yeah, I, I, uh, I, I, I started um, writing then, uh, but with this lockdown, it's all come to fruition. Sure. Yeah, because you've had all the time. Hey, if you don't feel any pain, you should maybe get into some tattoos. You could, uh, <laughs> you could just get them all over your body, and uh, it wouldn't no, hurt no, at all. No. It'd be amazing. Then, then you could really like be in the mafia, right? <laughs> like, get some yeah. some big some big tats all over. It'd be fun. Uh, hey, do you have anything else to share with our listening audience? This has been amazing. I'm so glad to have had this conversation with you, John Chitha. I'm, I'm the pl- pl- I'm pleased that you gave me the invite. I hope that when when this is all done, that we can perhaps meet up. I. I I'm, I'm hoping to travel to the U.S. by the end of the year, but I'm uncertain of what's going on in America. You, yeah. You, things, are, things are not quite right there yet. No, not even close. And no one knows what's happening with opening up, with closing down California, where I am in San Francisco. They sort of opened us up a little bit, but then they just took it back and said, okay, everything's closed again. And we're like... I don't, what's going on? What's happening? And so and yeah. there, now there's new commercials on the TV with like people with masks on it. And that's the thing that's freaking me out the most is that popular culture is starting to adopt the normalization of wearing masks. And that's just, yeah. I mean, we can adapt to anything. We're humans, obviously. You were shot in the leg when you were 39 and you not only survived, but now you're thriving. You're sur- thriving. And... You can adapt to anything. I mean, I'm sure that if somebody asked me, could I be in a house doing recovery for four years, I'd be like, no, no way. But here you are on the other side. And uh, and now with new exciting opportunities coming your way. So yay. Yay for your suffering. No, I'm sorry. I'm making a that joke. It, it. <laughs> the Buddhists would love you, right? All the suffering you've gone through, it makes you enlightened. It's perfect. Uh, so tell us, you, again, you're John Cheatham on the Instagrams, on the Facebooks. Can people find your book, 36 Pins, anywhere, or they just have to wait for the... Uh, uh, not, not, not yet, very, very shortly. Um, I've already had a call from the Mob Museum in Vegas. <gasps> cool. So they, they've heard, heard the story of Heart of it, and they want the book when it's out. Yeah, that's amazing. Because I'm sure they have a, a gift shop. Exit through the gift shop and buy this awesome nonfiction book. It, it isn't even fictionalized memoir. It's nonfiction. You're just telling the story. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So, um, yeah, I'm, uh, as soon as it's uh, out and ready, um, we've got this TV series named, I'm going to hook up everything with you. And then if you could pop that out again on the radio, that would be Fantastic. Absolutely. And Anything uh, may- we can do to support. Maybe maybe this year I can get out to – I'm hoping to meet up with Rob uh, out in Daly. So yeah. uh, I-, I can drop by San Francisco and uh, say hello. Absolutely. It would be uh, an honor and a privilege to meet you. I'm so happy you're alive. Uh, awesome. Well, thank you so much, John Cheatham. Everybody look him up. Thanks so much for calling in to MutinyRadio.fm all the way from England here to San Francisco. And have a wonderful day. I'll send you this um, 
you'll have a copy of this podcast to do whatever you like with, and we'll be playing it on Mutiny Radio over and over so people can hear your fantastic story. That's great. Thanks, yeah, Pam. Have a you great day. Care. All right. Uh, Yay. It's um, it's Bughouse Square. It's uh, it's not Tuesday or six o'clock. Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? I've been hearing his name all over the land. Hey, this week on Bug Out Square. What is a vigilante man? Um, Tell me it's, uh, we're doing something different, and it's it's uh. Let me let, let me get in. Let me lean into this a bit. Um, I'm at home right now because uh, everybody's supposed to be at home. So I've uh, I used to be down in the basement, but now I'm upstairs. <laughs> So yeah, I'm in uh, I'm in kind of a little you know workspace. So here we are. Um, it is what it is, and uh, so hopefully, um, maybe if you're listening to this, everything is is great, you know, because these sit around a while. But uh, in real time here, there's uh, there's a lot of uh, uncertainty and. Uh, We've got a uh, pandemic on our hands, and we're um, trying to lay low. So we're laying low. So uh, I, I, I'm, I'm a little stiff right now because I, 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 I crave those vibes that only uh, 21st in Florida can give you. Um, and now I'm in my like little hovel, and uh, I can't really like yell and stuff because there's neighbors, and you know I'm not alone. But uh, I got a shit ton of good music, so that's good. So uh, tonight is going to be uh, kind of trying to get some happy songs and some uh, things that might uh, kind of grate on me. So, oh, and we got some uh, contributors too, and, and, and I'm... I, this is, you know, this could be the first of many that's in here, so it's going to take me a little while to loosen up, but um, like I said, hopefully technically everything's going to work here, so uh, um, thanks for doing, doing what you got to do to do, and uh, and we're in the middle of Lent, too, so it's, uh, I could use a beer right now, but uh, no, I'm being good, um, so welcome. Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? I've heard his name all over the land.
Sad remains. 